Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm glad that you're here this evening. We'll remain seated, but if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2, I'm going to pick up where Pastor left off. Thank you so much for joining us once again for Lights camera action it is our second installment of this series and we're going through some movies and tonight we're going to be using elf now if i offended you this morning i apologize if you are over 35 and you know elf i am sorry i got corrected out in the lobby said hey matt listen you know it's serious when people get to be in that way no i was playing but they said, hey, so if I offended you, I apologize. But uh, actually, technically, I'm 38, and I know Elf, so I kind of included myself in that group. But we're going to use Buddy the Elf kind of as an opportunity to learn more about the Christmas story. See, I love it when the world thinks they're the first to come up with stuff. Yeah, yeah right? And then we find out, well, they're not. They are in the, Bi- it's in the Bible already and how we should fill it. Um, but let's go ahead and read the, this part of Scripture here. And what we're going to do is we're going to take these Scriptures and tear them apart in, into fours here and talk about four different po- points, and we'll use Buddy the Elf to help us. Now, disclaimer, I don't necessarily think that Elf is the most wholesome show that you can watch. I think it's really stupid. I don't think there's anything in there, you know, that you're just going to watch it and think, man, this movie's really dumb. Yes, but it's funny. It is funny, Okay. But, uh, but if you're not into it, then I understand, but we're still going to use them uh, to do it. And some of the clips may be in order of the movie, and they may not be in order of the movie here. So, uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will, be, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying... Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And, um, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger." Now, so the angels are talking to the shepherds, and they're going through this whole dialogue, and we kind of picked up in the middle of it, but we ended where after the heavens closed up, so to speak, the, the angels, the heavenly hosts were no longer singing, then they made haste and they went to see if it was actually true. And how many know God tells the truth? So if he says there's going to be a, ba- a baby in a manger, guess what's going to be in that manger? There's going to be a baby there, right? And if he calls him the Savior of the world, guess what he is? He's the Savior of the world, amen? And we know that. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Speak to us this, this evening. We pray through your word. And everyone says, amen. amen. So as we look at this first portion of Scripture, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Now, the first thing as I read this portion of Scripture, the first thing that I get is the Christmas story gives me life abundantly. Now, how do I gain that from this? Because it declares that there is going to be a Savior born, that I need to be saved from something. Amen? And in our culture today, people want to extract, extract Christ out of Christmas, and we know this. To some degree, I'm preaching to the choir this evening, and I realize that. 
But they, but they want to extract Christ. What they want to do is say, okay, this is a time to give. This is a time to love. This is a time to celebrate. And we see that, right? But what they do is they say that's founded in the fact that we're humans and we're like that anyways, which is not true. Now, now there's a certain amount of giving and a certain amount of celebrating and a certain amount of we, love, we do and we love but whenever we rely on our own hearts to be the source of that, that's where we get in trouble. I want to jump back to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, and it says this. Now, the Lord is destroying the earth by the flood. It says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intentions of the thoughts of his heart, her heart, their heart, was only evil continually. Now, what, are we, what happens when we're left to our heart's desires, to our body's desires, to our mind's desires. Well, destruction is left. And the baby in the manger that we celebrated this morning, that we're celebrating all season, brings us to the point where we understand that we have life and we have it abundantly. And this abundant life comes in the form of a Savior. But there's some things that we have to leave in order to embrace this abundant life. Amen? Now, this abundant life... Okay, we know the opposite of that, John 10 and 10. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know that's the opposite. And then the Bible says that Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we know that John writes that in the abundant life. Well, what is this abundant life we're talking about? What does this Savior, Jesus, have for us? Well, glad you asked. John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, this gets me wound up because I begin to understand that my abundance is not found in my bank account. My abundance is not found in the white picket fence in the house of what I think I own, which is most of the time the bank owns it, I'm just paying them back. And one, one giggle out of that. Man, <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. But we know what we're talking about. And my abundance is not found in that. My abundance is not found in, in, in health. We all have different health situations. But Jesus says, I've come that you may have life. I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's the abundant life that baby Jesus, that the, the God wrapped in flesh, flesh gives us. That we have a way. We're not aimlessly wandering around. We have an example set before us. John was talking to a man named Thomas that asked the question, how do we know the way? And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we have this wonderful example set in front of us that we can follow. That's the abundance of life that Christ provides. He doesn't just say, listen, serve me, go figure it out on your own. But the abundant life is that I know the way. And then I also have the truth. I don't have to be lost in deception. I have the truth of Christ in my life. That means what I'm doing matters. That means what I'm doing in Christ Jesus is going to have eternal rewards. Amen? And I know that, and that's the abundant life. So many people in our culture today get lost. Is my life worth even living? And here in the Scripture, we have life. We have which life? The new life in Christ, and it is a life worth living. Amen? So when we find ourselves in Christ, I know it's a life worth living. I know that I have examples set before me, and I know that I have the truth that I get to walk in. Amen? But it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. Because once we find out about this abundant life, there's some things we have to say bye to. Now, in Elf the movie, Buddy the Elf, which is played by Will Ferrell, which is hilarious most of the time. Sometimes he's inappropriate, but most of the time he's funny. He is leaving his Elf North Pole spot. Okay, He is leaving Santa's workshop in this clip that we're about to watch. 
he has just found out that he's really not an elf, despite not being able to do any elf things. He can't make toys. He bungles it all up. He's five foot taller than anybody out and outweighs on by several hundred pounds. And he, he, but he thinks he's an elf. Have you ever guys ever seen the little dog that's around the big dog and the little dog thinks it's a big dog? And the big dog's convinced the little dog's a little big dog? Have you guys ever seen that before? Well, this is the thing that Buddy's going through. And he has to make up his mind to find the new life, to find the truth, his real parents, because the elves weren't his parents, then he has to take a journey and he has to say bye to some things. So let's, let's turn our attention to the screen and see as Buddy walks away from his old life. Bye, guys. Bye, Buddy. Bye, Buddy. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Buddy. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Someone need a hug. I just wanted a hug. All right. Now, it's interesting to me that Buddy has to find his way. He has to leave what he knows behind. He has to travel a new direction. He goes through the candy cane forest, which is ridiculous. He goes through the trees. He goes over big snow, and he finally gets to his new life because he's on search for his dad. And I love Mr. Norwal. My daughter and I constantly make fun of this. You know, bye-bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. And what I've learned from that is this abundant life in Christ is going to cost me that. There are some things that I'm going to have to say bye to. There are some people that I may have to leave behind to walk in the abundant life that the baby in the manger died for me to give, amen, that I could get. And there's going to be some things that I have to walk away from. There's going to be some things I have to say bye to. There'll be new experiences. And when I get down the road, kind of like Buddy the Elf wanting to hug a raccoon, that's not very smart. And you may be thinking, I'm brand new to this life, and I got a hold of a Christian, and it was like hugging another raccoon. Yeah, welcome to Christianity. It's not always what you think it's going to be, is it? Yeah. But still, nonetheless, you keep going because you found the new life, and what you have to leave behind is worth it for what we're going to gain in the Jesus Christ. Amen? Because he didn't come just to have life, but we could have a life abundantly 
and we have the way, we have the truth, and we have a life that's worth living, amen? But we gotta be willing to say, okay, there's some things that I've gotta let go of. There's a new path that I have to trod. There's a places that I need to go that I must go that I haven't been before. And as silly as that video clip is, it's really true. I feel like I've been through some areas in my life that I had no idea where I was going, and then when I got there, I thought it was going to be different <laughs> than it actually was. And I thought maybe all I needed was a hug, and I was wrong. I needed more than a hug, okay? And the world will teach you, all oh, you need is a hug. No, you need Jesus, right? We need this abundant life, and this abundant life gives us hope. Right? That's my second po point. So this abundant life gives us hope. So we know that the Christmas story gives us this abundant life. What the thief tends to do to us, which is kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus gives us life abundant, and this gives us hope. Luke chapter 2 here. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with him he is pleased. Now, now think about this, the, the angel's talking to the shepherds and boom, all of a sudden this amazing music busts out and wonderful things begin to happen. And, and I began to ask myself this, do you know who's on your team? Because that's where we get the hope from. The hope is from understanding who is on my team. When Jesus Christ died for me, I chose to follow him. Now he chose me before I chose him, Amen. But I still make the choice to choose him as my savior and I walk in that abundant life and now I realize who is on my team. In this next clip we're going to watch here, Buddy hooks up with his stepbrother Michael. Now he's in, I believe it's New York is where he's in and he's learning all the different things and if I was a new person, New York would be the last, person I would want, last place I'd want to begin my life at, Right? But nonetheless, he's there, and he meets his dad. He meets his stepbrother named Michael. And Michael, to some degree, is picked on pretty regular. And he's walking home, and he gets hit in the face with a snowball. Let's just see what happens here with Michael and how Buddy helps him. So Michael got some help. But in this movie, it shows a great understanding of sometimes we don't realize who's on our team. Michael was going into this snowball fight not really realizing what he, who he had on his team. 
And many times in life, because of the pressures, because of the circumstances, because of situations maybe we got ourselves into, maybe we didn't, sometimes we can have brain fog and forget that we have Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, and he is with us. And just like Buddy who beats up those old boys with the snowballs, it's, it's what happens with us that if we will give God control and say, listen, I'm going to do the best that I can, but I need your help. And I love the Matrix scenes when he's flying through the air and he flicks that and he hits that guy in the face. And it makes me smile because I realize, just like Michael did, did you catch that? Did you catch that last line? Now, where did you say that you're from? That we would live a life that's so big, that we would have dreams that are so big, that we would believe in Christ Jesus so much that people would look at us and say, now, who did you say was your God? Now, who did you say is alive inside of you? that we would live in the same way to a degree that Buddy did, that we understand that God is on our side. Think about this, the, the glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And we see the angels singing all these things happening, and this is what I do know. A defeated foe gets out of the car without the music playing. A defeated foe gets off the plane, gets off the bus, there's no red carpet being rolled out. There are no signs, no banners being held up. There are no announcements that they're in town. Most of the time when you get second place, you get a trophy. And people say, oh, well, good fight. But then they turn to the champion, to the winner. But, but when the champion is in the midst, when the heroes come home, when people find the one that they're looking for, the celebration begins. If we think about all the times that war heroes have come home when America has celebrated them appropriately, can I get an amen? The band is playing. They're stepping off the plane, off the buses. People are celebrating, holding those banners for national and world and state champions. We see the music playing in the background. People are celebrating. I was thinking this last week as, oh, you found a new football coach and flied him on an airplane, and then LSU did the same thing with their football coach. They, they, they thought that they had the one that would help their program get back to where it needed to be or take it further than it already was. We see this with big executive and world leaders. Man, the celebration begins when you get around champions. And here, whenever Jesus was born, that's what happens in heaven. There is a celebration in heaven. And, 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 whoa, sorry about that. And heaven doesn't just celebrate for no reason, right? They celebrated because the one we had been looking for was born. The one the world needed was born. Now, this is what I was thinking, and I know that you guys in here, just like me, you've seen some celebrations You've heard some amazing music being played. You've heard people celebrating our heroes and men and women like this. But I promise you that not what the shepherds saw doesn't hold, it, we don't hold a candle to what they saw when it was celebration in heaven. Why? Because the earth finally found its hope. It was, Jesus Christ was and is and always, always will be the only answer. It was the one that we were looking for. And I don't know the situation in your life. I don't know if you're looking at hopelessness, but Jesus Christ is the hope that we're looking for, amen? And it doesn't matter the size of the problem. God hears and, and our hearts are important to him. Mary and I were looking at a story last night. The church here did the Christmas boxes 
And it's the Christmas box project, and it's put out by Samaritan's Purse. And our church donated 132 boxes for, for, for whenever we did it this last time. Each box is, the stat that we heard, each box touches 10 people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So this year, hopefully, we've been able to touch 1,300 lives with the glorious gospel. And we were reading some stories in December 2020. There's a little island that's part of the Marshall Islands. And and this island had 293 children on it. And they gathered up underneath this tabernacle, this open tabernacle. It's 85 degrees. There's 293 children that's expecting a Christmas box. And the people who are bringing the Christmas boxes to this little island... It takes six hours to get there by boat. It's over 40 miles by the sea. And once they, once they get on the island, they're met by the volunteers, and, and they, they put all the boxes where they go, and the kids, you can imagine the excitement in the air, because for many of them, this is their gift. This is the only one that they'll receive, maybe ever. And there's this one little boy, his name's Randy. Randy loved soccer. Now, on the Marshall Islands, the two most popular sports were volleyball and basketball, so there was no soccer balls to be found. And the story says that his mom even tried to find him a soccer ball and just couldn't find him one on the island. Of course, there's only like a 1,000 people on this island, no electricity, that type of thing. And he gets his box and he sets it down in front of him and he begins to open it. And the article just begins to talk about how his face lit up because inside that box was his soccer ball, in a personal air pump. And I began to think about that story, and I began to think about the hope that Christ has given us. If the heart of a child is so important to Jesus, somebody would pack a box, and we don't know where it came from, but would put that soccer ball in that pump inside of that box then Jesus would make sure that it goes to overseas where it needs to go, to that exact boy. Because God knew what he wanted, because that boy was important. And Randy found out who was on his team. Randy found out that there is a God who loves me. There is a God who cares for me. And I don't know your situation, but if God can do that with the Christmas box, here where we're so blessed to have everything that we have in America, I know the finances look impossible, but he can help you. I know the health looks impossible, but he's there with you. I know you don't understand your marital situation and will it straighten out or will it not, but he loves you so much that he'll walk with you through it. He is our hope, amen? Amen. He is our hope. And that's what the Christmas story is all about. It provides us with this abundant life, the way, the truth, and the light, but it also provides us with hope, and we know who is on our team. Point three, the Christmas story gives us motivation. Now, I want to be careful with this one because I know this is kind of a buzzword. But we know as we meet Jesus Christ, our life needs to change. And sometimes it's so hard for that to happen because maybe we're in a rut. We've created habits we don't need to have. Luke 2, chapter 15, 
or verse 15, it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem. See, they had seen the truth. They had heard it, and they said, Now they have to move. So they said, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. See, the Lord will tell us what we need to know, but it's our responsibility to go see. See, these shepherds were like, let us go to Bethlehem, so we have to move. And that's what the Christmas story does. It provides us with that motivation to change those desires in our life that doesn't line up with the Word. Let us go over. Let us see this thing. Let us be made known. And Jesus Christ has made himself known to us, and we know that that is by the grace of God. And there's one thing that we know that as God tabernacles inside of us, as the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, that each one of us want to change. Amen? We know that we can become more like God, that we can speak like God, that we can act like God, that we can think like God. Not that we're God. Amen? But we know that we can do that. And the Christmas story gives us motivation to push us in that way that we can change. And it can take an ordinary person like us and turn it into what God would call holy because it's through the righteousness of Jesus Christ and Him alone. This next clip, Buddy, Buddy loves Santa in this movie. Santa is the rock star to Buddy. Of course, he's an elf, so you would expect that. In New York, he takes a job in a department store, and this department store is kind of regular looking around Christmas. But Buddy gets wind that Santa's coming to his department store. When he gets wind that Santa's coming to his department store, he begins to change an ordinary department store into something amazing for Santa. So let's watch this clip. It's a sketch, don't you love it? Don't you love it? And I love what this shows us here with Buddy, is he takes an ordinary department store and he begins to prepare it for Santa. That's what the love of Christ does for us. We're wondering, how do we change? How do I kill these desires? How do I get rid of this sin? Well, the motivation is the love of Jesus Christ. And just like Buddy that prepares that department store, we get the opportunity to prepare ourselves. As the old song goes, Lord, prepare me a sanctuary. So God, I need motivation in my life that my life would be honorable to you because whether I take my last breath here on earth and slip into eternity and meet you or whether I greet you in the air, I will meet you one day. And God, give me the motivation through your love 
to begin to change, and we can have that. And just like that department store manager that could not believe it, he was just dumbfounded by all that Buddy had done. And that our lives would change so much that our friends and our neighbors and our families look at us and say, I can't believe that's the same person that I knew five years ago. Because they have prepared, what we would call as Christians, because they have prepared themselves to go with God and do what he's called them to do. Now, don't, don't get discouraged in this. Because if you start this trek, as you grow deeper into it, people are going to discourage and say, you're only changing to make your spouse happy. They'll come up with other stuff and say, well, you're just changing because you think you're better than us. Or you're just changing to, to do this or to do that. And really, it's not. It's that motivation that we gain from Christ and His love that's in our heart that makes us want to act differently, that makes us want to prepare ourselves and do things that doesn't seem natural to people. I don't want to speak like I used to speak. I don't want to deal with my family like I used to deal with my family. I don't want to go into my work environment and act like I did before. There has been a supernatural change that has happened in my life and I cannot do it alone it only comes through Jesus Christ and his love that's in my life amen so don't be discouraged because as you begin this walk as your walk becomes greater and how many of us know whether you've been saved two years 20 years or 40 years we learned that I love Jesus more today than I did yesterday and I want to love him more tomorrow than I did today so it's a natural thing for our faith to increase it's our natural thing for us to go and do it's a natural thing for us not to want to tolerate sin and people won't understand and they wonder why and we have to point back because I have a real relationship with my Savior. And when he was born into this world, the Christmas story gives me that motivation. It gives me that desire to change what I need to change. Amen? So we know that it's about an abundant life. We know that it's about hope. But it's also about truth. And here's my final point tonight. The Christmas story gives us the truth. Luke chapter 2, verse 16, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. What did they find? They found what God said that they would find. And when we follow Christ, guess what we find? We follow what Christ says we'll find. We don't have to look for the truth. We don't have to wonder if it's really happened. And something in us continues to change and the shepherds saw, see, they, 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 they saw the angels, they, they heard the words of God from the angels, and it motivated them to move, and when they got there, they found what God said that they would find. And then they stayed, and they bowed, and they, they did these things to serve God, and in our life, that we would live with such an enthusiasm for Christ because we know Him, that we would live with such a, a desire to honor Him that our people around us, no matter where they at, where are at, would know, and that as Christians, we would encourage each other, amen? We want to be able to do that. We hope that we rub off on each other as iron sharpens iron because we all have faults, we all have failures, we all have things that we struggle with, but instead of throwing in the towel and saying that we quit, that we would get together and do it to a greater extent. Yesterday we were at men's breakfast, and I won't say the name, but one of the guys that I consider as a mentor in my life, we were sitting across from each other, and we both had guests that we were expecting that morning. And I'd never been more proud of my mentor than in that moment. 
He said, Matt, yeah, I invited a couple guys to come join us this morning. And this is what I saw my mentor do. He would get up and get his cup of coffee and stand at the door whenever somebody walked in and he would wait and see if that was the person. When, he, when that wasn't the person, he would go sit down. And then I would begin to talk and then I would look back up and see my mentor go back and stand by the coffee pot looking out the door waiting for that person that he had invited. Why? Because he knows that Christ can help him. He knows that Christ can change his life, that we would live with that much enthusiasm. That I don't just know I need Jesus Christ, but I know him. I know him. See, that was what was Buddy. That's the reason why Buddy the Elf got into so much trouble. He didn't nearly hear about Santa. He worked for Santa. He believed in Santa. He trusted Santa. And in this next clip that we show, it's probably one of my favorite ones. We get to see how he reacts when Santa is coming to his workshop. Let's watch. <gasps> wow. What's this? This is more full. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for me? Oh, hi. Santa's coming. I love it. I know it's crazy, but go with me on this. I was thinking about the truth that Christ produces in our life. And that department store manager could not convince him that Santa wasn't real. Could not convince him that that was the North Pole. See, that's the raw, it's wrong with Christianity to some degree is many people come to church and think they're saved because they do some good things here and there and everywhere. But the reality is we're not a Christian until we give our heart and our life to Jesus Christ and then we know him. And now nobody can just come in and convince us of anything. It's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we know. So when people come in and try to convince us that there is another way to heaven, we can look up and say, no, no, there's not. Oh, oh there's other gods beside just the one that you serve, just Jesus Christ, Jehovah. No, no, there's not. No, it's not. There's only one God, Jesus Christ, son of the living God, and that's who we serve, God wrapped in flesh. And there's nobody that can convince me otherwise. And that we would live a life because we know him that my life has changed. See, that's the opportunity that Christ affords us. That I can get excited with enthusiasm because I know that I have hope. So in my sickness, I have hope. In my brokenness, I have hope. When my spirit has been crushed and my emotions are everywhere, I have hope. And I get excited because I know the Holy Spirit lives within me. And when I get down to on my knees and I pray that God speaks to me. Why? Because I have an intercessor. I have my champion. I have the one that we've looked for. Jesus Christ. And he lives to make intercession for us. So you better believe it, I know him. And just like, buddy, this ain't the North Pole. <laughs> so when people kind of describe and say there's other ways, I can say no. You're not going to pull me away from the truth that I know. 
to truth that we know, that Jesus Christ See, Matthew 12 and 44 talks about a couple stories, and I don't want to go too deep, but it says that the kingdom of heaven is, is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then it says this kingdom of heaven is also like a merchant who, who's in search for fine pearls, who, who won, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. See, that's the excitement of this relationship that I have with Jesus Christ. There is no cost that's too great. God, whatever I've got to sell, whatever I have to say bye to, God, because I have found the answer that I've been looking for. How do I know? Because heaven became excited and celebrated. He walked the earth and he Healed. He did everything that he said he was going to do, even raising from the dead. But it all began in a manger, and that's what the Christmas story does for us. Amen? It gives us hope, and it gives us that life abundant. It gives us motivation to do what we need to do, because one day we'll get to see our Savior. It's not a myth. It's not a fable. It's a real thing. And then ultimately, we know that we have the truth, and when we have the truth, we become the light, and when we have the light, we can show other people, and we can see where we're going john three sixteen. we know for us who have christ we have eternal life and we have that hope final story that i want to share with you tonight is about another story over the christmas boxes there's this young lady that got a christmas box from samaritan's purse and her name is sedona sedrona and sedrona is from Marlova. It's a small village in Madagascar. And not a whole lot of people go. How many of you guys have vacationed to Madagascar in the desert? So you can imagine not very many people go there and they lack food and water and education. And it's, there's a spiritual darkness that covers that place. And, and she received this box. And in this box, when she opened it up, now, I don't know if this is the young lady, but this is a picture from that place, I believe. And they would receive these boxes. And when she opened that Christmas box, you know what she found in that box? She found a flashlight with batteries that worked. Now, where she's at, there is no electricity. Electricity. So she would turn on that flashlight at night, which helped her family immensely just on everyday activities. And her, fa her family would gather around and see that light in the darkness. It was so moving that neighbors from, from the villages would come and see her flashlight because they got to see a light in the darkness. And whenever we become excited and we refuse to give up the truth that we know as Jesus Christ and we walk in that light, we become like her where people are drawn to us because they are in the darkness, they are in the shadows, and we have the light. And people would come to her, and the story goes on to finish that soon enough her families begin to get saved one at a time, week after week because of that Christmas box, because somebody packed a light somewhere, and she found the light in the darkness. And to her, it spoke volumes about Christ living in her life. So yeah, you better believe it. Sometimes I'm going to look like Buddy the Elf. I know him. I'm convinced that he is who he says he is. That we will base our life and our hopes and off our dreams off of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's all about the Christmas story and we can never take Christ out of that. 
We fight culture tooth and nail. We call back and we do it in love, but we refuse to let them take it out. That it's about Christ Jesus and that's what it's centered on. Because we want people to have hope. We want them to have life abundant. We want them to have motivation that they can go from one place to the next. And ultimately, we want them to know the truth that will set them free, that will be that light in the darkness. Can you receive that this evening? Amen, amen. What we love to do here at the end of service on Sunday night, I'm going to ask everybody to stand up all around the building if you would. We love to dismiss from the front. So if you would, would you make your way up to the front? We're going to dismiss as a family. If you're uncomfortable, you can certainly stay where you're at. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you were encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.